Hello there. You're very welcome along to the Empower Programme podcast. My name is Kate O'Malley and I will be your host for this series. Joining me on today's episode is the lovely Melissa Moore, a.k.a. The Retail Advisor. My name is Melissa Moore, a.k.a. The Retail Advisor. I am a mentor, consultant and trainer. I empower independent retailers and Irish creators to reach their potential through sales growth and excellence in customer experience. So I'm joined today by Melissa Moore, aka The Retail Advisor. Melissa, how are you keeping? I'm great, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. Not at all. I, I'm complimenting you on your gorgeous red lipstick here on Zoom. You're looking very well put together today. Oh, thanks, Kate. It'll be even better now once I've been to the hairdresser during the weekend. The greys are gone. That's it. Uh, I suppose, you know, we're, we're just talking obviously about retail and that's been all but wiped out by COVID and, and has really faced some challenges. But as we transition back into being in shops and restaurants and out and about socialising, there's going to be an awful lot of pressure to be dolled up for work and ready to go. It'll be a bit of a culture shock. But I think we're all excited to do it, like actually to put back on proper trousers, proper heels, get out of the yoga pants, get out of the slippers. And that will really benefit retailers as well, Kate. I think so. I think they're going to have an unbelievable boom. In terms of your own company, I can imagine at the moment that you're going hell for leather as shops are starting to reopen and what have you. But how has the pandemic been for you, generally speaking? It's been really interesting. So I only set up the retail advisor six months before COVID hit and I was really busy. I was really lucky. Work was coming in, no end. I had the head down. I was churning away. And then last March came and it all stopped. But you know what? In hindsight, it was really good for my business because it meant I could actually sit back and see what did I not know? What did I need to learn? What was I going to do? And where was that strategy going to come from? So I started doing courses with the local enterprise office, everything from, from social media to networking to understanding marketing. And it's hugely benefited my business over the last year. And also I've seen that with retailers since retailers have had to upskill and learn, learn new things as have their teams. And I feel like I've been on a bit of a journey myself so I can really empathise and understand where they're coming from. Yeah, they, def- they definitely have. I think even for shops that didn't have a website prior to this to overnight nearly needing to roll out an e-commerce website and to know how to manage their stock and do their marketing and everything. It's been a, a huge challenge, no more than it has been for yourself. I that's, that's mad that you only set up six months before shutdown. And I'm, I feel so privileged. And every day, Kate, it's the one thing I say to myself. And also I say to my friends and family around me that I'm really privileged to be so fortunate to run this business. And I love what I do, Kate. I am so passionate about retail that it's great to kind of marry what I love and actually be able to do it every single day and meet fantastic people. And actually what I've realized is retailers feel the same. I work with a lot of independent, smaller retail businesses and that's what they do. They get up every morning and they run their businesses because they love what they do. They're very fond of their customers. Like it's like one big family and that could be their small team of people. They'd have lots of regulars. They've missed that in the last year as much as we've missed going into the shops and having a browse around. So I really understand where they're coming from and I feel incredibly fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Yeah. And what's your own background in retail? Did you start out working in retail and and kind of work your way up or did you dive straight into being the retail? Yeah. 
No, do you know what? Like so many people out there, I started off with a small part-time job where I was doing my A-levels in London. I worked for Ashley and then I kept coming back to retail. So I did my honours degree. I did my master's and retail was always, always there in the background. I loved it. I loved that connection with the customer. Do you know what? I honestly, and I, maybe I shouldn't say this, I loved that buzz of a crazy, busy, up the wall Saturday afternoon. Um, I worked for Ikea for years. So if you think a crazy bank holiday Monday, like you can't move in there. It would take you a couple of hours to get off the shop floor to have lunch yeah. or go to the loo. I loved it. I craved that kind of organized chaos. And it was when you get to that level, it is absolutely organized, but it's sheer chaos. But it's so much fun. And I used to get such a buzz from that. It's like working in retail at Christmas is bonkers, but I love it. Yeah, that's gas. You should mention Christmas because as you were talking, I was just thinking one year I worked in Pennies and Galway around Christmas. Joe, just the, the temporary Christmas job. And wow. I, I know you'd always be counting down the days to Christmas, but this year I was counting down the days <laughs> to Christmas because it was banana. So I think it probably says something about your adrenaline junkie nature that this is, you're so drawn to this. I, whereas I was the opposite. I was like, God, I, I couldn't work in this. It just was so stressful. But well, you'd be hearing like Christmas tunes in your sleep at that stage. Oh, like I always feel sorry for retail staff, especially around Christmas when in the shopping centres, they just have the same. Now, that's what I call Christmas hits around and around hey. and around. It's just, oh, yeah. Christmas, I suppose, is obviously a big time for retail. Would you say what's going to happen over the next month or so is going to be on a par with that? realistically unless you're the pennies of the world I don't think we'll see those crazy scenes like we saw like kind of a few weeks ago up in Derry or Belfast or even over in London but for the rest of the retail kind of family it's still going to be busy so data showing us the last few weeks in the UK the first few weeks for mainstream retail has been busy so it's been busy physically in those stores it has obviously fallen off a bit online and then it's calmed down a bit. So my my big goal for this year is to keep retail going. That momentum needs to carry through. Retailers are desperate to get some cash flow back in. So if that momentum carries through, obviously the summer will come, the holidays, most of us will be staying in Ireland. We'll keep spending. We need to see ourselves through, push on towards autumn. And then obviously Christmas is back again. And here we go again. And then it's 2055. <laughs> <laughs> wishing our lives away yeah it's it's interesting because I, I kind of got the impression that say towards maybe the end of last year and in the run to last Christmas actually there was a really big push on support local business shop local and I feel like a lot of smaller companies definitely that are in and around Galway that I never even heard of were coming to my attention I thought yeah actually um, rather than going with the Amazons or the the whatever the big retailers that I kind of made an effort to get my presence locally so I I really hope that kind of re-emerges now as we're getting back into shops and I think for consumers this is exactly where you can help so if you think of a shop that maybe you you went to to get a raffle prize for or to get sponsorship for your club or your school Go back to them and buy from them. Like this is where the community aspect of your local shops and your local Main Street really comes into play. Like they will happily give to you and probably a lot easier than it would be getting a prize or some sponsorship from a big brand. So now you go back and support them. So Shop Local has to continue. It's vital over the next few months now that we reopen that people do keep popping in, that we do stop to some extent, shopping on Alibaba or Amazon, any of these big guys, like we need to keep the jobs local. We need to keep the economy going. 
Yeah. And I know there's um, a kind of hospitality voucher that the government are doing an incentive to, to do staycations. Do you think there should be slash do you think there could be an opportunity to do that as regards local retail as well? I think that would be incredible just to keep the money tipping over because I do worry like we'll reopen and it'll all be amazing and then we'll stick around because we're going to holiday in Ireland this year and obviously naturally when you go away you do tend to spend in local shops but then what happens because then we have a gap between the end of the summer and the start of the Christmas season it's like well what's going to happen then a lot of these shops cash flow is really tight like they really need that this year so it would be lovely to have an extra incentive and also you know yourself even in hospitality if someone gives you a voucher you never just tend to spend that amount you spend a bit more and that would be fantastic for local retail. Talk to me about the retail advisor. I know you're saying you set it up six months before uh, the COVID pandemic struck, but what moment did you think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up this company. I'm going to work for myself. What point did the idea become, I'm really doing it? Uh, My husband would say it probably still hasn't. There are still days, Kate, I have doubts about what I'm doing. Imposter syndrome kicks in. But look, in reality, I had all this experience. I'd been in the industry for over 20 years And people started to come to me and ask questions like they may have known someone that ran a small retail business. They had a question, could I help? And slowly but surely I began to realize actually there was no one out there that these small independent retailers could turn to for advice or even accountability. Because if you're running a business on your own, it's really lonely. You know, who do you go to for support? You can't technically ask your team because you're meant to be the manager or the leader so I knew there was a need out there and I knew I had the skill set and you know my husband said to me well what's the worst that can happen so I started and as I say those first six months were fantastic people were coming to me so through a consultancy basis I might go into a retail store and maybe we need to look at everything so that could be everything from processes to the way the stock is either bought in or the way it's kind of churning over. Maybe we need to look at layout or the visual merchandising. Maybe it's team training. So there's loads of different pockets that go into obviously making up and then running a retail store. I look at all of those with the owner or the manager just to improve the processes, make it more efficient, make it more productive, and then ensure that they're delivering you know, first-class customer service to therefore ensure that they start selling really well. So that's kind of the big customer I have. And I think that to me was the main reason. And it's still what I love to do is work with these brilliant independent stores. And have you been able to continue working through COVID? Have have you been able to transition to delivering this all online? So that part of what I do I much prefer, and actually so does the retailer, obviously, that we do it in situ because you really get a feel for the place. You get the spatial awareness. You can really see what they're doing with their stock. So a lot of that obviously paused, especially during the lockdowns. But what I have been able to continue is the mentoring with retailers. So either privately through the retail advisor or I'd work a lot with the local enterprise office. And then I could really help and support kind of clients and retailers over the last year who, as you say, maybe went online for the first time. But some of these retailers don't even have a digital till, Kate. So then you add on that they want to go online. It's like they don't know what's going on. So I've worked very closely with a lot of retailers like that on Zoom with the laptop day in, day out at home and actually creating that journey, asking them the whys and making sure that they bring the essence of what they do physically 
onto their retail site. Interesting that you mentioned just working with the local enterprise office a little bit and, and you mentioned that it can be quite isolating working for yourself and I'd imagine that that instantly builds a connection with you and the retailers that you work with particularly if as you're saying the the independent stores that as much as you find being an entrepreneur yourself a bit lonely I'd imagine they're in the same boat and it's really probably been a lifeline for them in some of the most challenging business circumstances that well I hope that they'll ever face. Yeah and I think it's really helped like I do understand what that's like, as you say, to some extent. And and like that, I suppose I can show and prove my integrity, my trustworthiness. I can obviously, you know, part with the knowledge and the expertise that I have. So, yeah, we've been able to build relationships, build a rapport. But I suppose what I've loved is the fact that I've genuinely been able to help them. I've seen their progress, which is really exciting. And I suppose the end goal has always been to start getting those sales in. And once that happens, it's magical. You know, the retailers get so excited, as do I, that you kind of start to see that it's actually working. That probably feeds into your own motivation then. If you if you find that you've coached someone and then suddenly their sales start to pick up and they're saying, yeah, it's, you know, we've, things have clicked and everything's going hunky-dory. That must be great satisfaction for you then. It is. And I get that same buzz doing that as I did, I suppose, back in the day when it was a crazy Saturday afternoon and and the tills are ringing and your staff are being amazing and they're serving customers in a great way. It's the same thing. And I think that's the reason as well that I do an awful lot of staff training. So again, through SkillsNet, through the local enterprise office and then privately with retailers, I go and I'll deliver training. And that was tough at the beginning of COVID because I'm so used to bouncing around the room delivering training you know jumping up and down and and making loads of noise and really getting them into that whole customer experience that's been tough via zoom but actually I love it now zoom's become so creative there are new ways of doing things that that's another way that I suppose I get that buzz that I had on the Saturday afternoon or the Christmas Eve chaos and then I can really ensure that other people's teams get that as well Yeah, it's incredible for such a young business how much you've had to pivot in the space of probably 18, 24 months, like from initially just setting up the company and then suddenly COVID hit you in the pandemic, then you're trying to pivot to Zoom to do different kinds of training. And it's honestly, it's incredible to hear how you've responded to the pandemic yourself. So well done. Oh, thank you. And you know what? I think as a lot of people have said in the last year, would we have planned it this way? Heck no, of course not. This would have scared the life out of me. And I've done what I've done and how I've done it, I suppose, through a need and also through realising that I can still help and support people, even though I'm staring at a laptop with all these crazy lights and a great big microphone. I'd love to, you know, eventually get back to on-site training and obviously getting back into stores now over the next few weeks. But I'm re- I still feel really blessed every day. I feel really privileged that I can help and support retailers. I'm doing something I love that I'm really passionate about and I know it's working. And that's the best thing ever. Mm, absolutely. It's probably given you another kind of, I don't know, thing in your arsenal that you can do this training that you don't physically have to be in a store that you can still service people and probably longer term that suits your day-to-day schedule a little bit better so that you're not traveling here and traveling there that you can kind of centralize and do it online as well so as you say like would we've planned it this way absolutely not but there are some kind of 
positives to be clawed out of this last horrendous year? Do you know? I actually think I've been able to help more people because obviously if I'm at home in the home office, you can technically fit more people in. And even in the last few days, now that we're running up to reopening, it's not about me making loads more money or packing people in. It's actually about if someone has a query, we can jump on a Zoom. I don't need to go and see them. Mm-hmm. We can have that really honest chat. They feel supported um, and they feel that they're being listened to. And I feel like I can help better. So I'm actually really glad now coming out of COVID that I'll have a really nice mix of obviously seeing businesses in situ, in person, but also been able to do this. And I feel a lot more confident now about delivering my services you know, online as much as retailers do. Yeah. And what kind of issues would would retailers like if they ring you up, what are they typ- what problems are they typically having? So it could be something as simple as, do you know what? They've probably realized they might have been in business years. They've never really spent any time or money training their staff. And like that can't go on. That can't happen. Internal customer service is just as important nowadays as external customer service. And I've always said, you know, a happy team equals happy customers. So there's definitely a training need out there um, for smaller retailer businesses. And I'm happy to support with that. And then there are other things. Obviously, we've spoken about going online. This has been genuinely scary for so many retailers, because as I say, if they weren't used to social media and they don't have a digital till, it's like, well, how does this all work? So there's been a step by step process there. And then other things like it could be that they've so much stock right now, because obviously if they weren't selling at the rate they hope to, there's a stock build up there. Maybe there's a cash flow issue. So there's lots of little different aspects Um, But again, it's all coming back to trying to make them more profitable, trying to make the team more productive and getting that cash into the tills. Yeah, I even think from different jobs that I've had at various stages, if you think your employer is treating you properly and there's opportunities to grow and they're they're decent and fair about wages and time off and everything you will move heaven and earth for that employer you'll stay on late if they're stuck like you just give them so much more than if you feel you're just one little cog in a giant machine and that no one really cares about it and you know it's a hundred percent true you know back in the day maybe in our parents day salary was the most important thing and you know what even when I started out at 16 17 it, it was about having that bit money in our back pocket now for the millennials and generation z it's not about that salary anymore it's about recognition it's coming down to recognizing them saying thank you saying well done appreciating people and obviously that's something covid has really taught us all it's those softer skills it's the human skills and it's really having each other's backs and that is vital in retail as it is in any industry yeah i suppose kind of touching on that you mentioned that your husband kind of gave you the little nudge to say what's the worst that could happen uh in terms of your own entrepreneur journey what has been I suppose the biggest learning you mentioned at the start that you hit the ground running you were going hell for leather and then COVID came and like everyone else in the world it just forced you to shut down but is there anything you learned about yourself while that was all going on I think it's the realization that you know you can't do everything so there's no point you trying to work seven days a week crazy crazy hours but the biggest learning I think I've had is that I need to work on my business not just in it 
So now I tend to spread my week that I will work with my clients. I'll deliver training, but I also take a couple of days out to work on the business. So what am I doing in six months time? What's the next strategy? How's my website looking? Are the blog posts up to date? Is the social media up to date? Like there's so many little things that a small business owner has to do that I have to make time. So I now factor that in because that's as important as the work itself. And you know what? I think starting the business I didn't realize any of this you know I hadn't the time for the finance or the social media or any of that jazz now I build it into my week because it's vital for I think the long-term success of the retail advisor that I have to be so much more strategic than I'd even dreamt of being at the very start. I think when you're setting up a company you need a certain amount of not knowing what you're getting yourself into or I don't think you would take the leap at all I think you'd kind of spook yourself. Definitely and look there's there's so many resources out there so we met obviously because I'm just finishing the Empower Growth program Uh, I've used the local enterprise office I've had mentors and I really would say to people you know if you're thinking about starting a business or you're in the middle of your business there's always support there and it's always good to get someone else's view that you trust so a mentor or a coach someone that knows what they're doing and maybe has even been there and are a few years ahead of you because it's vital and I actually think it helps you grow and long term for your business it's the best thing you could do. Do you find the Empower Growth Programme has helped you tap into people who are on a similar journey to yourself? Do you find it's helped you build a network? It absolutely has and like that I'm a member of Network Mayo as well. Surrounding myself with like-minded business people, you know, female entrepreneurs, it's been great because it is a really lonely journey and actually it's made me now go global. So I was invited to become a founding member of the Women in Customer Experience community, which is a global uh, community of women in the customer experience, customer service realm. And like I was having a fascinating chat the other week with a lady just like me who works with small business. Uh, She was understanding the ups and downs of the last year in COVID. She just so happened to be sitting in South Africa. But otherwise, our journey is exactly the same. And I've learned and heard so much from her in the last few weeks. And that's really powerful. So I think wherever you can find it, find people that are like you or maybe slightly ahead of you, because there's something really special about that. Yeah, that's gas. And I suppose just to kind of loop back to the whole pandemic positives, that probably wouldn't have come around as easily if we weren't all in the habit of being on Zoom all day every day either, that you would have the opportunity to chat to someone in South Africa. No, I think that's the the good thing. Look, starting out in a business, you have no money. And I mean, I didn't have to buy tech or buy big equipment. But like I've been able to jump on calls in Japan, in Australia, in the US there's no way pre-pandemic could I have flown to these countries to join into these you know conversations or discussions I wouldn't have had the money so for me that's amazing and that's been really good that I can I've learned so much more from so many people I've connected with so many more people throughout the world and I really hope that you know post-covid this continues. That's fantastic that you've been invited to work with this international committee that's a an incredible achievement for a company that isn't even two years old so well done on that um have there been other milestones or markers where you've kind of gone pinch me i think working now that i'm working with the likes of the local enterprise office and the design and crafts council it's a real privilege and i think these have been pinch me moments not because i've won crazy awards or i've made all this money but actually i genuinely feel so privileged to be in the position that i can help and support other people 
but then it's just the small things it's almost like the silly things of buying some of the kits so the microphone I've got who would have ever thought I needed a microphone to work in retail it's it's almost like the silly little things or it's the really nice things like the thank yous I get or the recommendations from clients I've worked with so it's all those small things but actually do you know what as an entrepreneur and again someone that's working on their own it's these little things that you kind of have to stop and remember it's when people share your posts or give you a shout out on social media that's stuff I love I really do and I really appreciate it yeah I think we've all probably seen the meme at this stage of like when you buy something from a local business a real life person does a happy shake and that's so true isn't it yeah and it's not just the retailer that does that like it's genuinely so important and I think that's the support that's the kindness you know there it there's kind of people's values really shining through and I think again that's something that's come out of COVID over the last year Kate yeah very true um I'd imagine though that's great to motivate you when you get that nice feedback and you get the, the buzz of that kind of thing but how do you drag yourself out of bed on a Monday morning to, to face in things? I know you're doing what you love, but everyone has the downtimes. Like, what do you use to kind of motivate yourself? And you know what I do? And the guys at, on the Empower Growth Programme, like so many women, I struggle with imposter syndrome. There are still days that I have doubts, even if I've had fantastic reviews from past clients or, you know, I've been congratulated on something. And it's the simple things for me I've realized over the last year, A, I'm super organized and productive. So having a really solid calendar. But within my day now, I block out times to take a lunch break, which sounds daft. But as a retailer and especially a senior retailer, I never bothered with that. I'd grab a sandwich and I'd go. But you can't do that. And likewise, I would ensure that I get away from the laptop, you know, every couple of hours especially if I'm on big meetings I'll go for a walk I'll talk to the dog all these little things I think really help clear your head I listen to crazy kind of 90s you know boy band music while I'm on the walk to completely take me away from retail and my clients and my training because then when I come back I'm ready to go again and it gives me a kind of fire in my belly so I think everyone needs to ensure that they do walk away from their business every single day it's not about doing it on a Saturday you need those breaks during the day 100% agree I'm a devil for doing work at the weekends and fitting it in before work and after work and around work and everything I think people are probably finding that a little bit difficult now especially if they're working from home because you wake up in the morning well say for me personally I wake up in the morning my desk is in my room because we're just in a small apartment and I wake up I'm looking at my desk the laptop is there temptation is to just fire it on and have a cup of tea first thing in the morning and just check the emails or or just do this little job from the day before. And then you're kind of, you know, six o'clock rolls around and, you know, there isn't really a whole pile to be doing. So you're tempted like, oh, if I just do another half an hour now, I'll have that job done. And it just kind of eats into either end of the day. And as you say, lunch break, what's that? No, and do you know what? By doing that, you never actually get the end of the to-do list. Mm-hmm. You kind of just find the next job and the next job. So I've worked really hard. And do you know what? It wasn't like this at the beginning of the pandemic. Like you, I was always feeling the need to do something or read something or watch another webinar. But now I've become quite strict with the fact that, yeah, I'm lucky that my home office is in a room in the house that I can close the door. But like I'll get up in the morning and I'll walk the dog or I'll have my breakfast, then I'll start work. I think you need to build those routines in for me anyway as I would do if I was out on the road, because I think it just gives me that balance. But it also means that I'm giving my clients 100% of my time and focus when I am with them. 
And then actually when I'm not, and I'm just sauntering down the road with the dog, listen to crazy take that on, you know, Spotify, then it's great. And then I can free my mind so that when I come back to the laptop, I'm ready to go again. I'm interested in, you mentioned their kind of self-improvement and webinars. Do you, What kinds of things do you do? Are you into meditation? Do you read self-help books or is there anything that you find works for you? I, I love lasting at night, plugging in the earphones with the Calm app. And of course, I never get to the end of the meditation. I'm asleep. And I really feel I need that um, because especially because I'm not someone that obviously would have been staring at the screen every day. I'm not used to that. I'm not used to having the laptop open or typing so much or being sat down, to be honest. That was one of the biggest things I realized midway through last year is I'm not used to sitting all day. I'd be walking around a shop. I'd be driving to the next shop. I'd be bouncing around a training room. So calm is great for me in the evenings. And then I'm a huge podcast fan the dog's obviously been amazing the dog has to be walked we moved five years ago to the middle of nowhere in county mayo and it was the best thing we ever did kate i would i you know what i'd recommend to anyone you know move move and be in the middle of nowhere we're surrounded by fresh air and i say that because of course you can't see it that makes my husband roll his eyes but like we're surrounded by trees and fields and fresh air and water and i'm just so blessed kate i really am yeah, it's funny. Like I start, I home home is in the countryside and now I'm in an apartment in town and I love it. But definitely the pandemic has made me question the floor space of the apartment versus living out in the middle of nowhere and just being able to move and breathe. And I'm sure lots of people have had that. Um, your husband sounds like your biggest cheerleader and the, the other half of the business that maybe isn't front facing. How important has that kind of support network been for you? unbelievably so and obviously when you start your business you don't realize these things but he is my biggest cheerleader he will so we're gearing up for retelling reopening I am working crazy hours so it's all well and good having the come up but a couple of times a year just like a retailer would do I'm mad busy at the moment the dinner's on the table when I need it the man's a great cook like I am absolutely blessed but like that if I've written an important document he proofreads it So there's all these tiny little things he does that actually I am blessed for because he's in this house. He can do this for me. I'm not paying someone else to do it, but he's just a really good sounding board, whether he wants to or not. Sometimes (laughs) it's really great to have someone. So like having Empower, where I can talk through things with all these incredible women. My husband's been an absolute godsend for just checking in with, or if I've got fears or doubts, he was like, just do it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? And even when we moved to Mayo, people thought we were bonkers. But again, he said, what's the worst that can happen? And here we are five years later. And he was dead right. He sounds like a real ray of positivity. If you fancy cloning him, that would be great. Um, Yeah, he's not going to hear this, Kate, because his head will just get bigger and bigger. And he'll be delighted that we've spoken about him. Well, you'll get a bill for his services at the end of the month. You're like, excuse me, proofreading? What? Um, before I let you go, Melissa, I'm, I'm wondering what's, what's the next step for the retail advisor? Like, where are you going to be this time next year? Where are you going to be this time five years? You know what? Part of me, and I had this discussion with someone the other day, part of me says that if I'm doing exactly what I'm doing today in five years time, I will be thrilled. Because again, I feel so privileged to be in this position and I love what I do. But look, ideally, I would like to grow and grow the business. I'd like to have a team of people within the retail advisor that are as passionate as I 
as I am, that actually we almost become a force to be reckoned with. So if there is a retailer on the main street near you, that we can sweep in and support and help and train. So that would really be the plan is that we, you know, I can continue this kind of movement of helping small business. But with that, ensure that people do continue to shop local, because I would just love to keep championing these incredible legacy businesses that we have around us to ensure that they keep going. That sounds incredible and just from chatting to you you are so passionate about what you do that I have no doubt whatever comes in the next 12 months and indeed beyond that that you're going to smash it and if we could somehow manage to get an army of of Melissa 2.0s that would be even more fantastic so wishing you the very best of luck with everything I'm sure our paths will cross in real life hopefully soon Um, But yeah, best of luck with everything. And thank you so much for the chats today. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been a great to have an afternoon chatting to you. 